Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. I've been really, really feeling So today it's David and I, Eric is going to be on the next podcast, but it's David and I, and fortunately, I think David's going to let me talk a little bit more than he does today. I told you I'd let you open At least freak. that's the goal. <laughs> what we're going to talk about today is, is how we're going to grow in confidence. And we're going to share seven keys or seven steps to confidence. Now, confidence is a really important thing. You think about when Jesus gave the disciples the ability to um, cast out demons and heal the sick. Remember, this is before he went to Jerusalem to die on a cross. He gave them power and authority to do these things, and they had to walk in confidence. And I can imagine how difficult that was for them at first. I mean, these guys had never laid hands on somebody and healed anybody, but yet now Jesus had given them the power to do it and the authority to do it, and they needed to walk out there confidently and do it. And I'll tell you, well, here's the reason why that's so important. So they had a task to accomplish. Now, in business, as business owners, we all have a task to accomplish. But Jason and I, before we became business owners, we were baseball players. And I remember at Liberty University, the best year I had was my junior year. I hit 364. I was first team all conference. I'm shocked still. I don't even know how I hit that way. But I just remember we were at Virginia Tech. We were like seven games into the season. I was not hitting great. I was hitting fifth in the line. No, sixth in the lineup or seventh. Gosh. I don't know. I was sliding backwards. I was going the wrong direction. We're playing Virginia Tech. And and I remember it was my second at bat. My first at bat, I went up there, and I just wasn't incredibly confident. And I was kind of thinking about the pitcher, like, okay, he's 92. He's got a hard 86-mile-an-hour slider. Okay, you know, he can get me out with that slider, but if he happens to make a mistake with the pitch and leaves it up a little bit, I can I can hit it. And then I was like, you know what? This is stupid. I remember sitting in the dugout, and I'm like, this is stupid. Stupid. I'm going to go up there like I used to play wiffle ball in my backyard where I would dominate Jason. And I'm <laughs> just going to walk up there with incredible confidence. Like, you know what? I, I wasn't confident that I would get a hit, but I was confident that I was going to swing hard. That's all I could do. I put my confidence in swinging hard. So I just simply, I, I rem, I'll still never forget. We, our dugout was on the first baseline. I walked up to the plate and I said, I'm literally, I'm just going to dig in and I'm swinging hard. Forget it. I don't care. And that confidence, I crushed, I hit a double. And then I remember the rest of that season, I had that same confidence that I was just going to swing hard. I knew if I get my feet set and as soon as he goes into his windup, I'm just going to cock back just a little bit and then I'm going to let her rip. Yeah. That confidence turned into a killer season for me and ended up getting drafted at the end of that year by the Mets. But I turned him down, went on to the New England Collegiate League and played there. Jason and I both later got drafted. I was with the Red Sox. Jason was with the Orioles. But I remember I was sliding backwards because I wasn't confident. And I had a task at hand. I had to hit the ball. I also had to catch. I had to call pitches. I had to do these other things which was my task in college and then later my task in the pros, but I directly saw an immediate connection to my confidence level and my success and my lack of confidence and my failure. People purchase your confidence. They purchase your passion. So when it comes to business, people aren't going to buy from you if you're not confident in what your product or service can do for them. 
And especially they're not going to buy from you if you're not confident on why it's so good for them. Listen, we're, we're kingdom entrepreneurs. This is, this is who you are. This is who God has made you to be, a kingdom-minded entrepreneur. And if that's the case, we need to use all the power and authority that God has given us and walk in confidence so that we can bless people. As entrepreneurs, we're the bridge between heaven and earth. We are the gap standers. As entrepreneurs, we connect God with the people who are disconnected from That's them. Right. So the reason why I opened it up with, with talking about confidence and, and how Jesus gave the disciples power and authority to cast out demons and to do all these things that was contrary to their nature up to that point is because power and authority have been given to you. Now, Jesus got power and authority after he died. He lived a perfect life. He died a tragic, you know, but awesome death. And then he rose up again and all power and authority had been given to him. And then what he does is he gives that to us so that his kingdom can come through us into the marketplace. Now, let me give you a couple quick definitions and then we're going to jump into these seven steps because if you're going to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish in the marketplace, you've got to confidently go at the marketplace. So first, power. Power is the ability to do a thing, okay? Authority is the right to use power. Now, we know as kingdom entrepreneurs that God has given us the power to do something. Like, we have the ability to do the thing that God has called us to do. It doesn't matter what it is. We've got all sorts of business owners in the expert ownership system. And we got people that are landscapers. We've got plumbers. We've got, I think we've even got a politician or two. We've got some preachers. We've got insurance guys, real estate guys. We've got some white collar guys. We've got uh, hedge fund investors, all sorts of people. Listen, God has given you the power to go and be awesome at the thing that you do, but he's also given you the authority. Authority is the right to use power. Now, two years ago, my 14-year-old son, Jake, had the power to drive my car. He, he had the ability. He, he, he already could, could drive my car, but he didn't have the authority. But now that he's 16, he's been given authority by the state of North Carolina and me that he can drive that car. You see, God has given you all the power that you need, and he's given you the authority, the right to use that power. The question is why? And it's the same way back in baseball. I have to go back to baseball because it makes it so much simpler for me. Anybody could have just grabbed a baseball bat and run on the field at Liberty University in that Virginia Tech game and tried to hit the ball, but they would not have been welcome on the field because they did not have the authority to be on the field. I had the authority. My coach gave me a scholarship, put me in the lineup, and then asked me to come and hit. Right, It's all of those levels of authority, and I had to then, because I was given that authority, it was my time, I need to now walk in confidence. And, and God has given you the authority to do the task at hand today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your time in the business world. Now, confidence. Confidence, I just looked this up on dictionary.com, a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own ability or qualities. It's being self-assured that you've got the ability and the quality to do the thing that you want to do. You have to walk in confidence. If you are going to be the kingdom entrepreneur God has called you to be, who crushes it in business, who can generate income and turn and leverage that income for impact, you have got to be confident. Why? Because you've got the spirit of the almighty God inside of you. That's right. And he's given you the power he's, he's, and he's given you the authority. Now, here's the key. Seven steps to building that type of confidence and growing in that confidence. I'm going to go through each of these. We started with the letter P because that's just what we do. You know, 
if you pay attention to me and David for any amount of time, we're good we're, Baptists. We're always, yeah, we're always trying to do the little acronyms and all sorts of crazy, wacky stuff, but it does help us understand it better. But I went through a period of time several years ago where I had to go speak at something or whatever, and it wasn't on a topic I was very comfortable with, and I really didn't feel confident at all. And and I was all nervous walking up to it and all that. And, you know, I guess I did a decent job and came came off. And, and I started to really think through this. Like, what would have made me more confident? What would have made me better? And obviously, it goes beyond preparation, which is one of the steps. But so I started thinking through this. And I listed out seven things that if you want to walk in confidence, this is what you're going to need. Number one, this is a little counterintuitive, pace. You want to walk in confidence? It starts with pace. 1 Corinthians 4.11 says, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You know what that's saying? Stop all the drama. Don't let your ambition jump out of the passenger seat into the driver's seat. You want to walk in confidence. It starts with pace. Somebody who has never ridden a skateboard before, and they jump on a skateboard, and they don't go and put it at the top of a hill and go downhill really fast. Why? You're going to lose confidence real quick because you you, you got to pace that. Can I can I give the baseball yeah. analogy one more time? I, <laughs> I just thought you already it. gave I it. I am gonna ride this ride zebra. In, I'm gonna ride this zebra into the sunset. <laughs> okay, so think about the best hitters. And I remember when I was with the Cardinals. So I got traded from the Red Sox to the Cardinals. And um, Mitchell Page, who was a big league hitting instructor for the Oakland A's, he had just come over to the Cardinals and and he told me he said, "Hey, Dave." He said, when you go up to the plate, you need to slow your roll. And I'm like, why? Why, Mitch? He goes, you're walking up to the plate too fast. I said, well, what's that got to do with anything? He said, man, you're going to jump out on that changeup. He said, you're too excited. you got to slow yourself down, slow your body down, slow your heart rate down, and then you'll be able to see the pitch a lot easier. And, you know, I, I began to apply that, and it really worked. I had to slow my pace, which also grew my confidence. And so... When you're thinking about your pace, slow your pace down. Just slow it down a little bit, okay? And trust me, as you apply the next six steps, you'll see how this incorporates into your life and into your business so that you can walk in confidence. So number one, pace. And I remember, let me say one more thing on this before we go to key number two. When David and I first started our real estate business, we had so many ideas, like ambition was going crazy. And we were up in the morning early for listening prayer, which is something that we teach at Expert Ownership, that listening prayer is the most important facet of your business. You got to listen to your business partner, who is God. Up early one morning, and I just was thinking of so many ideas, it was actually hard to pray. And, and I just felt like the Lord told me, pace yourself. Those two words, pace yourself. And that honestly set me free. And when I look back over the 20 years of business that we've got, or 19 years of business, that was one of the best pieces of advice God could have ever given me at that point because he knows I was about to jump on that skateboard and go downhill and, and I was not wearing elbow pads or knee pads and it would, it would have hurt. But pace yourself. So that's number one is pace. Number two, pray. They think pray. Oh, of course. Yeah, we want to pray. You know what prayer does is it, it puts your confidence in God. To pray is to constantly be communicating with God and when you do that, you are connecting with God, and He's reminding you of your purpose. So when you're when you've paced yourself, and one of the things that you're going to do is every day you're going to pace yourself so that you don't start your business day until you've taken time in listening prayer, because that's that's your new pace, and you're praying during that time. You're communicating with God. This watch what happens to your confidence mm-hmm. as you focus on how big God is, 
And then that makes your problems small. And it also, it, it reminds us because we are, as expert owners, uh, we are kingdom, we are Christ followers. We have to look at, well, how did Christ walk? Are we walking like him? Well, his pace was he would go off alone to pray. It was consistent. This, this is the key. So you slow your pace and you make sure to engage in prayer and you are actually becoming more Christ-like. So you want to get, grow in confidence. You've got to pace yourself. Then you've got to pray. You and God, you're going to grow in confidence with him. And number three, you're going to prepare. Okay, this is, this is a really good one. You've got to master your material. You've got to master your stuff. It's it's where there's zero procrastination going on. Just master it. Like for me, whenever I went to go and speak at that event where I wasn't very familiar with the topic, and I'll, but you know, to be honest, one of the reasons why I wasn't confident because I really didn't prepare that much. David and I are used to going and speaking at places on topics that we're really familiar with. You know, set us up on a stage and say, "Okay, let's talk about kingdom business." Well, I don't have to prepare. That's just going to come out of the overflow because I'm I've always been preparing. See if. If you're, if you're always ready, you never have to get ready. But making proper preparations, if I would have taken some time, you know, a couple days before I spoke at that event, and I sat down just for one hour and got my thoughts together and then put down three very simple points. I don't have to try to be an expert, but three very simple points. That preparation would have given me more confidence as I walked on that stage. So that's the third key is and to prepare. For the, there's a scripture there, 1 Peter 3.15, that helped me a lot, even as a young athlete. Always be prepared to give an answer to every man that asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Now, that's talking about the gospel. That's talking about your walk with Christ. But it's always be prepared was the first part. And as a young athlete, it was always be prepared uh, for that, for the you know, for whatever particular type of pitcher you got a lefty or a righty or whatever, and we just translate that right into business. Is we've got to look at what are the varying aspects of our company and how can we prepare ourselves to be ready for the market. And w- once you've done the the preparation phase, that's step three. Step four is practice. Okay, now you're thinking, oh, practice. Yeah, like actually go out there and, and you know practice the thing. For me, if I had to give a speech in front you know or, or go do a, a client call for somebody and I'm practicing my my pitch or whatever yeah that that is a form of practice but I'm not really talking about practice like that although yes you do want to practice I'm talking about the mindset of practice okay because what causes people to not walk in confidence is pressure so the minute you step on a stage like you've got and the reason I keep saying a stage is because the fear of public speaking is the number one fear of all human beings even more than the fear of death so in business, we've got to do it all the time in front of our employees. We've got to do it with customers and clients. We've got to get up and we have to take what's in our hearts and our minds and present it and communicate it. What I'm talking about practice is when you're thinking that each attempt, each time that you're speaking in front of somebody, each time that you're going and you're pitching your product or your service to a potential customer or client, each time that you're doing that is just practice for the next time, it removes the pressure from you. So I go up there and I'm speaking and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, you know, I want to do a good job today, but whatever I do today, I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to use that for the next time that I speak. And then the next time I go speak and my mindset is I'm really just practicing up here. And, and I'd love that because you're giving yourself permission to stink. You're giving yourself permission to, to make mistakes because you can make mistakes in practice, right? But if you're thinking, oh, it's game time. I got to put my game face on. Well, what you're doing is you're amping up the pressure. And and pr- people, you, you're going to do much better with a mindset of practice. 
Like this is just practice for the next thing. I've even taught this to my my older son Trey Benham, who is a Division One college basketball player. Each one of your games, in all honesty, this is just practice for your next game, and and ultimately, this is just practice for what you're going to do in your business one day, whenever you, you own that. a business. Or you remember that when you were a little kid and you're playing little league baseball, and the coach would say, "Just like we did in practice." So it's just that. It's that perpetual practice. Game time is just a practice only a little bit faster. Yeah, just so just just have that mindset of I'm just out here practicing, okay? And it'll remove the pressure from you. Okay, so here are first four steps. We're going to jump into step five. Step one, pace. Step two, pray. Step three, prepare. Step four, practice. Step five, people. Your focus has to be on others. Okay, if you're focusing on yourself, if you're thinking about yourself when you're communicating with other people in your business context, you will not have the confidence that you need. And in all honesty, it will come across to them like like it's not confidence, it's pride. You've got to focus on others. I, I loved when we interviewed the comedian, famous comedian Michael Jr. He's incredible. We interviewed him on Expert Ownership Live. And if, you, if you've never uh, attended Expert Ownership Live or, or seen it. We we filmed it two days of just awesome content with sixteen expert owners. We've got the owner from the, the owners from Otterbox, the guys who started Daily Wire. We've got John Bevere. We got John Maxwell spoke. It's a it's now a course. Uh, you can get it at expertownership.com. So, but Michael Junior was talking and he said because he's an entrepreneur but he's a comedian. He said his life and his business changed when he focused on giving laughs rather than getting laughs. He said when he d- changed his mindset from standing on stage trying to get people to laugh to I'm going to stand on stage and I'm going to give people an opportunity to laugh, he said it changed his business for the better and it took off because his focus was on the people, not on himself. Yeah, you know, I tell my kids, I say, if you want to really be confident, then you cannot be self-conscious. You yeah. cannot think, what do people think about me? What are people looking at me? Like, what are, what are they perceiving me? You, you can't do that. And, and so it's funny because I heard a quote that in your 20s and 30s, you care about what people think. In your 40s and 50s, you don't care about what, you, what people think. And in your uh, 60s, 60s, and 70s. 60s and 70s, you realize no one's thinking about you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is true. It's like they're... Just yeah. get past yourself, put your, put your service, serve other people, be so consumed with your avatar it, it And you will master that, that yeah. you will grow an incredible confidence. And then for those of you, because I know I'm talking to a lot of people that have probably been nervous to get up and speak in front of people. When you think, what's in me that these people need? And you're thinking about what the people that you have to speak to really need in that moment. It will help you. It will help you walk in confidence. So that's step five, people. Step six, privilege. Okay, this is a mindset. You need to view pressure as a privilege. Again, like what I said earlier, to, to walk in confidence means that you are you you're in a position to where you can choose either faith or fear. You're choosing faith, but you're experiencing pressure at the same time. But if you view pressure as a privilege, this will help you walk in confidence. And I, I heard a young man, uh, quarter, college quarterback, say this once. I think he was a quarterback for Oklahoma. And he was a freshman. He was going to play in the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. It's a huge game. Probably hundred thousand fans there in, in attendance, and so you know millions watching uh, on TV. And they said, "Well, how, are you are you nervous? Like this is a lot for an eighteen year old." He's like, "Well, oh, you know what? I view pressure as a privilege." And I just love that because it just think the the person who's who's sitting in the stands watching that game, drinking Coke and eating popcorn while he's watching the game. What pressure does he feel in that moment? Zero. Zero. 
okay, but how about that 18-year-old quarterback who's <laughs> really prepped for this? What does he feel? Okay, he's, he's feeling a lot of that pressure. Now, who, who's privileged to play in the game? You know, it, he is. So he's saying pressure is a privilege. So if you're feeling that pressure coming in that's causing you to move away from confidence, you have to stop and say, you know what? This pressure is showing me that I'm in a very privileged position right right. now. Now, of course, this become a politically incorrect word. I'm not using it in that way. But I'm saying that if you view pressure as a privilege, it's going to help you walk in confidence. That's the only way diamonds are made is under intense pressure. And that, that kind of pressure, if we want our bodies to grow, we have to put ourselves under pressure pressure is directly from the lord we should embrace it and we should watch our confidence grow through it so we've got pace we've got prayer we've got preparation we've got practice people privilege and the seventh key is profit focus on the reward when pressure is properly harnessed it leads to extraordinary profit now david and i like to define profit not as the surplus you get at the end of the month not the financial surplus that's in your bank account but anything that leads to life. That's Mark. I forget the, the reference, but it's in the book of Mark where he says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Which means, what does it profit someone if they build a massive business and have all this money if they, they don't have life? When their heart stops beating, they've now forfeited their soul. So you want to walk in confidence? Focus on the reward. Even Jesus himself said, who for the joy set before him endured the shame. That was actually said about Jesus, which means that Jesus kept the reward for going through the most horrific death known to man. He kept the reward out front. He kept it in front of him so that he would go through it, and he was able to see through the cross to him sitting at the right hand of God and then giving us power and authority to live out his kingdom truth, his kingdom principles in the marketplace. So that's it. That's the seven steps Seven keys Roll to them again. walking in confidence. Pace yourself. Step one, pace. make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Number two, prayer. Be communicating with God. Listen, if you've paced yourself so that you're praying before you're working, that's a very good pace to have. Step three, prepare. Don't procrastinate. Master your stuff. Master it. Prepare. Step four, have a practice mindset. Everything that you're doing is just practice. It's just practice, so just chill. And step number five is people. Focus on others. Step six, privilege. View pressure as a privilege. Step seven, profit. Focus on the reward. And when it's when pressure is properly harnessed, it's going to lead to extraordinary profit. And that is how you can become a confident expert owner. Okay, good job, Jason. Gracias, 22 minutes. I didn't have to bail you out much, even though you were making <laughs> fun of my baseball analogies. I thought those things yeah. worked. It was great. That's so, cheesy. It, th- hey, listen, remember to rate and review. Subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy it. Let some friends know about it. Also, Jason and I want to do Own It or Loan It. We do? I almost screwed that up. You you, you did. No, no, Own It and, or Loan It rubber ring. Well, let me say this real quick. But I got I got to say this. A couple things. One, we got to thank our podcast sponsor, Christian Healthcare Ministries. They are fantastic. I'm telling you, they they have helped us so incredibly much in our business, in our lives, Christian Healthcare Ministries. If you want an alternative to just traditional healthcare, you need to look into it. Go to expertownership.com forward slash CHM. Yes, own it or loan it, rubber rings. Rubber rings, of course, own it. Why are you wearing a metal ring? Because that's the one Tori gave me. Oh, I lost mine in the lake. <laughs> I guess that's a good... You've lost several of them. 
Yeah, I guess that's a good. That's good. Okay, well, I own it for sure. I mean, it's but I own several rubber rings. It's helped yeah. me out a ton. Yeah. But you know what? If you dunk a basketball with your metal ring, you could rip your finger, and there's then no, you'll need CHM. There's no dunking a basketball Basket, oh, at 46 years old. Yeah, you can yeah. get up and still. You can't dunk? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. My Achilles tendons can't handle that. But listen, CHM is amazing. And if your finger gets ripped off when you're dunking a basketball because you're wearing a metal ring, use CHM. They'll take care of you. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. God bless you. I've been really, really-